This is Hope FM. Well, today our focus is on the work of the Water Lily Project, and I'm delighted to welcome two lovely people to the studio. But the first one I'm going to introduce you to is the project manager, Liz Carter. Good morning, Liz. Good morning, Blair, and thank you so much for having Jess and I here today. It's a pl- it's a pleasure, <laughs> actually, and you're both looking lovely and fresh, and the, the, the blue skies outside and so on, and two lovely ladies to keep me in order, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now, for the completely uninitiated, um, tell us a wee bit about how did the Water Lily Project come into being? Yeah, so uh, the Water Lily Project is a Christian charity, and as you said, it's based in Christchurch, uh, Barrack Road, and um, it was actually founded 10 years ago, last year so uh, twenty. yes I know I can't believe it um, so yeah by a group of Christians who saw a real need to help uh, you know vulnerable women women in need in the area um, and my understanding is that back then they would meet in cafes restaurants uh, buy women a meal get alongside them forming um, relationships with people absolutely just to be there as a friend um, to offer advice and to just just support them really in whatever they they needed. Now, just to clarify, I mean, and although the charity has got a very strong Christian ethos and so on, a lot of the people you work with aren't necessarily Christian, are they? No, not at all. I mean, this is open to absolutely anyone. Um, it, as long as they're over 18 and they are female, uh, yes, um, it's open to anyone. So not everyone who comes is a Christian, by all means. And there are a few men that are involved with the charity, but that, of course that's not your primary role. They're more helpers and supporters, aren't they? Absolutely. So we have an amazing team of volunteers obviously our trustees as well um, I mean the charity just couldn't function without them they're, they're amazing there must be about 30 volunteers in total um, so yes and, and obviously we have a community cafe as you've mentioned um, so that reaches out to the community both men and women uh, Now in terms of you you mentioned that term vulnerable women w- mm. what comes under that sort of umbrella so what makes them vulnerable? Absolutely a very good question and I think at times we can all be vulnerable vulnerable, can't we? Um, Yeah, we see um, a wide variety of complex needs. Uh, Some women suffer from sort of mental health issues, and that can be anything from anxiety, depression, self-harming, people suffering from what they now call uh, emotional unstable uh, disorder, personality disorder. Um, Or it could be just women who have um, housing issues, who are perhaps unwell, um, have a bereavement, um, perhaps they've come through addiction and they're now on their recovery. Um, so we're not crisis, I think I need to <laughs> say that. Uh, we're about the long journey, we get alongside the women for the long journey, uh, providing support for them. So you're a real buddy in that sense, you know, getting along, getting to know people. I guess it must be take a lot of courage for people to come in the first place you know and to to say i need i need a bit of help here absolutely and i think people think that's a weakness but actually that's a real strength to be able to do that um so absolutely if there's anyone listening and they feel they want a little bit of extra support you know uh, be brave pick up the phone uh, or email in uh, yes yeah, so we're, we're about the long-term journey you know getting alongside that person really forming those relationships no Although, obviously, there's lots of opportunity to meet people, you know, other people in the project, the project workers, the volunteers Mm. and so on, the individual folk, uh, their personal details are treated confidentially, aren't they, in terms of... Oh, yes, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we're all up with our GDPR, Blair. I'm um, pleased to hear that. (laughs) 
<laughs> absolutely. And uh, safety is, is absolutely key and primary to us, you know, at the charity, obviously, for obvious reasons. I mean, sadly, a lot of the women we see as well suffer domestic abuse. I must mention that. Um, I'd say probably half, if not slightly more than half, have either suffered domestic abuse or are still in a domestic abuse situation. Um, so, yes, their safety is, is really uh, key to us. And, of course, just talking about domestic abuse, I mean... I mean, I'm not an expert in the subject by, by any means, but I know that having interviewed other people in the past, one of the challenges has been, you know, because even, a, a, you know, in a, in a relationship where there is abuse, mm. there's a form of security, isn't there? And and in a way for people to step out of out. that and yeah. seek help, it, it, it's a very, well, I guess a, a scary position for them, and not to mention, of course, the fact that, their security is Absolutely. Threatened. And that's the worry is they often think, you know, where will I go? Uh, you know, this is my home. Uh, how will I fund myself? You know, often the perpetrator is... is paying for everything um, and often they've been and I think you will hear that in, in a bit when you speak to Jess you know women can be isolated from their friends from their family and they've no one to go to um, so these are some of the key things and also just fear and just coercive um, you know I've seen uh, pictures where uh, they have knives and things down the staircase you know just that visual thing is enough to frighten the woman into just staying um, so yeah it's very very difficult for them to leave mm-hmm. and of course having made the first step you know what what basically happens I mean somebody walked into your project today right absolutely and, and you, you obviously you don't know who they are what sort of stages do you go through with them right so we've currently got two support workers who i must actually say they're just brilliant um and our lead support worker megan is is fabulous um so what will happen first of all is um they will be assigned one of those support workers um and it's completely free i must say uh, and the support is up to 12 months so some women may not need the full 12 months and some will and some may even feel they need longer um so so they'll have regular sessions with their support worker um we also provide them with a sort of a well we call it a motivational map uh, menu of of things they can hook into uh, so there's always a training on a Thursday for them. Uh, and that can, well, that can be anything from craft and art to we've had uh, karaoke. Um, we've had uh, personal development courses, which are actually accredited. So that's really great if they can uh, do that, because that's good for their CV. We can help with CV writing. Um, and we've also got a, a sort of a smorgasbord of uh, courses online that we can access. So maths and English, we can upskill women in. Um, so it's it's really person-centred. So the support worker will sort of see, you know, what do they want? Where do they want to be in a year's time? And how can we help them get there? And I suppose there must be a lot of listening involved, you know, to get to know the individual person and, and I suppose to identify how you can best support them. Absolutely, absolutely. So I'd like to think they're engaging in active listening to our women. Um, and yeah, it's about, uh, you know, just seeing where they want to be and how we can help them get there. So... 
yeah. I want to talk to you about your latest one because it's just lifting off. You've just not long ago had the funding confirmed. It's called Eat. Now, this isn't about uh, helping thin people to get fatter, is it? No. Um, (laughs) Eat, what does it stand for? Okay, yeah. So I did choose Eat because obviously with the community cafe. (laughs) But um, no, it actually stands for Empower, Activate and Train. Um, And so, yes, we've just received some funding from um, ESFA, which is Education and Skills Funding Agency, um, and some European funding. Uh, So we're very, very grateful to them. And this came in just before, uh, just at the end of last year. Um, And so what it is, is to... um, take on 24 women and the criteria is they they must be over 18 but they can be any age Um, and we're looking for women really uh, particularly from deprived areas Um, but the key thing is that uh, they need to be either unemployed so on benefits um, or what they call economically inactive uh, which is people who are not working and not on benefits so I suppose uh, an example of that might be someone living at home, perhaps still with their parents or another family member. Um, But the whole key to this is that we're offering training every week um, for 20 weeks for each woman um, in the hope that they will then go on to either further education or employment. I mean, I guess confidence must be a thing because, you know, where you've got people maybe long term unemployed and so on. um, And and particularly if things have been a bit tough for them, you know, just to get on that first rung of the ladder and to develop confidence. I mean, you Mm -hmm. must see loads of people coming through where you're thinking, I'm always saying to people, never say I can't. No, no, absolutely. Yeah. And it's that word yet. I haven't done it yet. Yet. Yet's a good word because, um, yeah, actually, I have enrolled one woman already. um, And she very much what you're saying, Blair, you know, she was working, um, but she suffered really bad mental health. And I think through the COVID, really, unfortunately, it's been so damaging. Absolutely, absolutely. So that really rocked her confidence. Um, So yes, we're kind of looking to build her up again. And um, she's actually engaged in a wonderful um, craft program that we're running for eight weeks, run by volunteers again, fantastic. Um, And although she loves art, she'd never done watercolour before. um, And she sort of got to the first lesson and was a little bit like, oh, I can't do this. And and, and now, you know, she's producing beautiful watercolours, which is just lovely um, so something as simple as that can just build your confidence again you think actually do you know what I can do this and actually small steps are very important aren't they I mean people maybe see a big mountain in front of them and but actually small yeah. steps and, and particularly no. doing something that maybe you enjoy doing yes exactly and she loves art so we we knew that was really key so that was something we've hooked her into and it might be different for another person and that's great and and like you say Blair it's small steps and we've got 20 weeks um, and we're not going to just say right that's it you know if they still want a bit our support I mean I'm sure we will be there for them and uh, we have Christian befrienders which I haven't mentioned and I must mention them so they're really key to our work and again volunteers Christian volunteers who will get alongside our women uh, once they're out of our support and just, you know, maintain that relationship and and confidence building, really. And again, this project is open to to women of, of, of any, well, 18 plus? 18, as long as they're over 18. And they don't necessarily have to have faith of any kind? No, they don't need any faith. That's, you know, that's not a requirement at and all. You're not going to be standing over them with a Bible, are <laughs> no, you? No, not at all. Coding? 
no, yes. no, not at all. We don't uh, proselytize at all. Um, so, but obviously, I mean, we're all Christians, the staff, uh, the trustees, and um, yeah, I mean, if they want to ask us about our faith, that's great too. Yeah. If they want prayer, that's great. But we're not going to push anything mm. on anyone. No. Well, of course, having said that, I mean, I, I I know many of of the people who do go to your, your projects, and I know that. I know that you don't you don't hit them on the head with a Bible, right <laughs> but but of course people don't don't have a problem with the fact that it's a Christian based project. And in fact, so many fantastic projects are Christian based. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, there's a wonderful organisation called Mercy UK, um, which is up north. And um, actually, I've uh, done a you know the Mercy uh, they call it Keys to Freedom. It's a discipleship program, um, which I've you know now can facilitate. Um, and I've got their course material from them, and we use that sometimes for, you know for the women that do want to hook into something Christian based. Um, but um, but yeah, we at the uh, project people know we are a Christian charity um, but that should never be an issue for anybody I would hate to think they wouldn't turn up for that reason so you know we're non-judgmental we welcome absolutely anyone Um, yeah Oh, fantastic. And of course, the funders themselves, that's one of the questions they ask you, isn't it? Because I suppose they'd see, you know, with Christian organisation, they'll say, well, is it open to anyone? And the yes. answer, of course, to that is yes. Absolutely, yes. Yep, yep. So what what sort of outcomes would you would you be wanting to see? What, what would success look like for you? I mean, I know it would take many forms, but I'm asking you to think on your feet now, Liz, mm. but... but well, no, that's, I mean, obviously success for us would be if all 24 went into either full-time uh, education or, or employment. An em- employment. Um, I mean, I think that's probably unlikely, if I'm honest, but it would be great if we could even get sort of half of those um, into some form of, yeah, employment mm. or, or education. Although having said that, I mean, I have been privileged to interview a number of projects, you know, mm. during, the, well, during the COVID period, and actually it's been quite encouraging to hear how many of of people who weren't in the vulnerable category have actually have got jobs and Mm. and a lot of it has been the confidence thing because it seems to me that that people's confidence gets totally right and that puts them in the I can't or or the fear bracket. I think once you get beyond that, the sky... Is the, the limit absolutely? And what's so lovely about the cafe is that we can use that as a confidence building tool. Um, so we do really encourage the women in our support. And again, I, I think Jess will probably speak about this in a bit. Um, you know, to to we really encourage them to go and volunteer in the cafe, um, so we can upskill them. They can get their food and hygiene certificate. Uh, it builds their confidence talking to the members of the public and taking orders. Um, and I know in Jess's case, she's she's an amazing cook so we've kind of uh, got her in the kitchen there working for us um, so yeah all those little steps you know that's that all helps grow their confidence which is really really brilliant and of course also the socialization isn't it because although you, you deal with people individually and confidentially on on many many matters but they're making new friends uh, and enjoying <laughs> pretty much a good buzz yeah I have to say it's been quite a challenge to encourage the women back in to the space um, you know, since lockdown. What, what, what's the barriers? What are the main barriers? 
Well, I, th- I think it is fear, uh, you know, sadly. Of, there is of this the, of, of, the of the COVID still, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and, and maybe I think also it has been the whole anxiety thing. Um, I did do a survey, but but strangely, we I even have problems getting them to do the survey. So I think I only had about 10 responses. But from those 10, the majority said it was anxiety. It's actually walking in on their own. So, you know, we're thinking, OK, so maybe now we need a befriender at the door to welcome them in and actually... Actually, you know, take them through. Um, but the great thing is they've started to come back just in recent weeks. And like you say, Blair, they're actually now forming friendships. So they're encouraging each other. They're there to meet each other and they're telling other people about it. So we're kind of getting back to now how it was before, which is which is lovely to see. So this may apply to you. So if you're unemployed, if you're 18 and over, yeah. any new upper age range? Uh, no upper age range. Uh, they just need to not be doing any study at all yep. um, and not employed. So basically, you, you've been you you you've almost been isolated in a sense. Yeah, you know, yeah. and and if that if that fits you now, obviously, if people wanted to have a chat with you about this, they're not committed to signing up, are they? Right? No, they them? could just contact me. Absolutely. So my my email's manager at waterlilyproject.org.uk, um, and um, I mean I can give you a phone number. Blair, maybe I can do that at the end of yeah, the show. Yeah, we'll do that. Um, and obviously, it's on our website as well. But by all means, just just pick up a phone, give me a call, mm. or, or send me an email. So, having said all of that, if you're somebody who could do with just a bit of support that might get you into in, onto the next level, yeah. into training, it doesn't have to be mega stuff. Yeah. Remember, small things, small steps, they absolutely. make a big difference. Don't yes, they? they do. This is Hope FM. Well, I, my focus today is on the Water Lily Project, and you've you've heard Liz uh, talking about the wonderful work and the intervention that they do with vulnerable women. <clears throat> now, the only way I can really substantiate all of this is is to talk to somebody who has actually been a recipient, has actually experienced the work, and I'm going to be talking to Jess in a moment. Jess Sanchez. Jess is now a volunteer uh, with the project. But Jess, turning to you, how did how did the Water Lily journey begin for you? How did you hear about the project in the first place? Well, I had just gotten out of a domestic abuse situation, and I am obviously not from here. I'm from the States. (laughs) And you're from a very nice part of the States, California. (laughs) Um, And so I really didn't have any, I didn't have any family. I didn't have any friends. I didn't know where to go. I didn't have a bank account. I didn't, I just went up and took my daughters and got out of that relationship and pretty much open to any opportunity or any help that I could get. And um, it was mentioned to me um, at the job center and also through uh, social services. And my first step was calling, you know, going in, writing. I think I called an email out. (laughs) And I was, I was, I didn't even know completely about it or what, you know, but I knew that it was for women to help women in need. And I definitely needed it. So... Can you remember your first day? You know, because we, we were talking earlier on about you know getting the courage to walk through the door for the first time. Now you you obviously started with a phone call. Yeah, I it was so confusing because at that time I was so emotional, and now it's amazing that I can just sit here and talk about it, you know, naturally. But I was in tears pretty much the first couple of times. But you know, that's another thing that they help you with is getting through that and breaking breaking down those walls, and you know, having that self confidence again. 
And I suppose looking back on it, you know, being able to get what's in out, you know, in the form of tears, in the mm-hmm. form of grief, because it is a form of grief, isn't yes. it? Yes. Uh, it, it's a difficult t- time for anybody, isn't it? Yes, it definitely was um, for me. And, I, you know, being a single mom with two younger daughters, it was hard to put on that smile, you know, every day. And just being able to call um, Megan or to go to counseling or to go to um, the lunches and, you know, kind of have that support it really made a big difference so the early days lots of tears yeah <laughs> and, and, and i guess getting to know was it was it megan was your support worker yes yeah, she was she was so easy to talk to and made me feel so comfortable and so helpful i mean like i said i didn't really know what was out there but it just really really helped me you know throughout my divorce through just being knowing my rights as a woman just it really really did because um, even struggling with filling out divorce papers and going back to that place which was something I could normally you know easily do but just with all that emotion and and you just get the memories back and they're here to guide you at your own pace so how, how many years had you been married I was married for about seven years. Yes, I'm still married now, but going through that divorce process. Yeah, so you're, so so. you're still going through the process. Yeah, still yeah. going through the process, mm-hmm. but a lot stronger than I was mm-hmm. from yeah the minute that I walked into the water lily to now. Well, certainly from the moment I met you, you seemed to be brimming with confidence, you know. Oh. And here you here you are on the radio, but you wouldn't yeah. do, you, you wouldn't be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to get that back because that's who I was before all of this. You know, I wasn't. It can happen to anybody, absolutely anyone. And so it's nice to be able to show my daughters that, you know, you can be strong, you can get out of those situations mm-hmm. and you can, you know, and taking help is, is okay. And quite quite apart from, you know, from the support workers at Water Lily, have you got to know some of the other the women who are going there? And Yes, I, um, I volunteer on a Wednesday for breakfast. And I, I heard you a good cook. <laughs> I love cooking. That's, yeah, I love <laughs> cooking. Um, so to be able to do that and to be able to do something you like, like you said what the watercolors before and to meet those people in between it's um yeah i get along with a lot of the other volunteers and i'm happy being there (laughs) so somebody listening to us right now who maybe wants to pick up the phone like what you did basically Mm -hmm. you know picked up the phone or popped in for a chat what recommendation would you give to them? I would say definitely follow those instincts and definitely, even if it's a calling hang up or it's just anything, anything to better get the path for yourself because it can't hurt. And, you know, just like I didn't know what they offered completely. And it's just so much more than I, you know, could imagine. Yeah, for me and my daughters. So, But the confidence issue, Jess, it's is, is, is a massive one, isn't it? Yes, yeah. When well, for me, when I was going through my relationship, I would look back and I would see so many things now that I would have never dealt with. I would have never gone through, and I had a hard time um, accepting that I was in that place before. So, getting all the confidence back and being able to take these pattern-changing courses and being able to, you know, talk with other women with my experience yeah it definitely builds up your self-esteem and courage yeah now you you have made that step because you're now as a volunteer so you've gone from being a recipient to Mm -hmm. being to being a giver yeah and the very fact that you're doing this of course probably scaring the scaring the life out of you (laughs) 
Yeah. That, that's one of the benefits, too, is that you do. You get to share your stories, too, and you get to perhaps maybe yeah. help other. But it's true, isn't it, that, that there's a form of loss. I mean, you were, uh, and indeed and it still are, a very confident, very skillful individual person, you know. But I guess it takes a bit of time because, you, you know, when you go into a bad situation, you lose all of that, don't mm-hmm. you? And you forget almost who you... You do. It becomes your normal. You forget who you were before. And, you know, and that can really drain you as a person. And even the littlest things are harder to do. Yeah, I, I, I can fully appreciate that. So now, in the things that you are doing, and particularly you're volunteering for the <laughs> cooking, uh, uh, if you if you compared where you were to where you are now, uh-huh. how would you verbalize that? Oh gosh, I'm so much happier. I the big like the biggest thing for me is that I can show my kids, you know, and I can be a better mother for them because of my self confidence back. I get to meet fantastic women, and I feel like it's just the beginning of a step towards my future life. And what would you like to do if you could? Because uh, I know you did a bit of training in film school and so on. Yeah. <laughs> So, do you? What did you have aspirations? I think I think my film days are a little bit over. I did get, um, I did teach in Thailand for a while. So, and since I do have younger children, I kind of want to be able to be there for them. So maybe somewhere in the teaching, maybe with food, maybe yeah. maybe with radio. <laughs> yeah, oh, maybe with radio. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, we're laughing at that, you know, because I was over at the job centre yesterday because we, we have a number of young people here on the Kickstart scheme, you know, t- training and so on. And um, and I, I was there recruiting some young people, you know, for the scheme. But one of the, the advisors came up to me and it was very clear that she was chomping at the bit to come on the radio as well. Ah. You know? And I said, you know, so it's, it's all in, in all of us, you know. But tell me, a little bird told me that you were working with elephants in yeah. Thailand of all places. So tell us a wee bit more about that. Yeah. Uh, me and my sister, we um, plan a trip every year, and that year we planned on um, volunteering at Elephant Nature Park, and basically we stayed there for a week, and we bathed the elephants, and we fed them, and we, you know, took care of them pretty much, um, and it's all, we didn't, you know, ride them, they were from being abused and, you know, coming to a better place, so, yeah, it was, it was a really good experience. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. The other thing, of course, I should have asked you was about, about your girls, you know, because, <laughs> because with, with everything that, that you've been through, they've been through yeah. uh, as well. So, I mean, how, how have they blossomed, you know, with the support of... I Thankfully, I did this at, when they were at a really young age. Um, so it was a little bit easier. You know, it's it's hard, but I've worked very closely with the school and with their school therapist, and they're thriving right now, and I'm trying to make their life as normal as I can make it for them. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, so they're thriving. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, Liz, obviously, you, you were listening, you, you've heard, you know, just sharing there, because that's very typical, isn't it? I guess you, the, the stories that... that that women would share are all very similar to the story that Jess has just shared. Yeah, sadly they are. And um, it's just wonderful to see actually how Jess has blossomed and all what she's done for the water lily. And uh, yeah, but sadly this is a story that we hear a lot of. Mm. Um, And uh, yeah, so that's why we just really hope that they would pick up the phone um, and call us or email us and um, and hopefully we can help them too. Just give us that telephone number now because I know some people are (laughs) chamming in the bit. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. So, well, we have um, a sort of a 24-hour answer phone system. So I'll give you that one, which is 01202 
246763. So if you leave a message on that, um, someone, you know, will listen to that every day and that will get to, to Megan, who's actually our lead support worker and she sort of triages everything and she will get back to you. Um, or email support at waterlilyproject.org.uk and again someone will get back to you um, we've probably got um, well we've got capacity for about 50 women at the minute and we sit between around 42 to 50 uh, sometimes we have a bit of a waiting list but um, at the moment there is space so if you're listening and you need support then please do contact us we don't delay and of course the most important thing and I mean Jess is, is an example of that but it's not the dark place that you're in right Right now, it's the place that you should be. Yeah. Maybe where you once were, you know, yeah. and you're actually getting back to where you once were. Slow journey, though, Jess. Yeah, it's 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 really good. It's yeah. really nice. Also, too, um, my children were also involved with the Water Lily Project as well. They have um, during the summer we did a cooking course, That's right. and they just absolutely loved it. Future volunteers. Yes, working on <laughs> but I guess that uh, having been through, you know, I, I mean, it's almost like to hell and back, isn't it, really? Yes. I mean, the truth of the matter is, but, but of course, sometimes when you've walked through a really dark place, you then become very well positioned mm-hmm. to help other women, you know, in, in your mm-hmm. case. And you that's know. what, yeah, it feels nice to be able to do that. And it feels nice to get even past this because I really was not in a good place. And through the therapy and through the courses and classes and, you know, you need the whole village. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Now, of course, you know, we, we, we mentioned earlier on in the programme this brand new project, you know, that, that, that you've got uh, the Empower Activate and, and Train, which is EAT, as you say. Uh, but, of course, you have, you have other things, lots of other things going on as well. Give us a bit of a flavour. Absolutely. Well, I mean, obviously, as you say, Blair, we encourage anyone to come along to the cafe. Uh, we're open 10 till 2 every weekday. Um, and, and all the money raised from what we send in the cafe does go back into the charity so so um, if you're a man and you fancy a really decent breakfast you abs- are allowed to go aren't absolutely they? it is open to men and women yes. <laughs> actually several things are so, um, uh, so one of the other things we have which is for men and women is our chatty tables um, and again this has been a bit challenging to to get people back in again um, but we've we've started off really well at the beginning of this year I've got two amazing volunteers a lovely uh, chap called Kit uh, who actually dressed up as an elf uh, for us at our Christmas fair which is absolutely brilliant um, and a lovely woman called Caroline so they're our chatty tables volunteers and that's every Wednesday half past 10 to half past 11 so do just drop in um, and, and meet them and have a chat and if you know people who are perhaps feeling rather lonely and isolated then that's a great thing to bring them to um, we've got Citizens Advice we are a um, hub for Citizens Advice Bureau uh, so they come every Monday um, half past ten till one, I believe. Um, so again, just uh, come in, and that's for men and women. Uh, you know, for free advice. Um, and we're starting our over sixty-five lunch club again. Um, so that's on a Tuesday. Now, this is the only thing I would say: please do book first because we want to make sure there's a table for you. Um, again, men and women uh, over sixty-five, and that's uh, a two-course uh, meal, hot meal for seven pounds um but yes do 
please book on that that number we mentioned um and then there's a if you like reading there's a book club again it is open to men and women <laughs> we we only have women in at the minute but we love some men to join um and that's monthly on a monday um and for that you'd, you'd probably have to go on the facebook page or, or on the website for the for the next one mm. um for that um and we have a cafe church so um that again is monthly on a sunday and colin bennett i think normally and, and the chair of trustees Sue Daly leads that um, and that's just really nice for um, anyone who's kind of a new Christian or, or perhaps isn't a Christian and they're just thinking about you know what is this Jesus because it's in a nice um, environment you know it's not a church space which can put some people off and it's just a short message you get a free breakfast um, and that's normally a cooked one um, and that's 10 to 11 on, on a Sunday and again if you go on the website you should see the, the dates for that and of course all of these things help you to keep the project running because it, it's obviously for any charity and particularly for a small charity it takes a lot of money to keep those wheels turning doesn't it it really does and um, we don't get any government funding um, so we completely rely on individual givers, um, some churches who are wonderful and support us um, and just applying for grants which is your lovely wife Jan who does such a sterling job of that um, so yeah we're just really dependent on on, on funders yeah. Now, the obviously these last couple of years have been hugely challenging. I mean, on one level, of course, people isolated, which has contributed, of course, to the you know, I guess, to people have been able to contact you and even to be able to pick up the phone and, and so on. Um, um, has that led from where you sit to an increase in in need out there? Yeah, so so actually what happened for us in lockdown is um, there was a, an increase. We were, we were fortunate to have some emergency funding at the time. So we increased our support workers from two to four. Um, and we had at one point, it, we had 82 women in our service, which is a, a really large amount for us because we're not a, a huge charity. Um, and um, But actually over the entire year, um, it was something like a, a 129 in total. Um, so it was an 80% increase um, the support workers were just fabulous I mean they kept it going um, either by phone or by um, you know online laptop Zoom um, we were able to do some group things because we were working with vulnerable adults um, but it was challenging and we did see uh, a demand um, as I say now unfortunately we're back down to two support workers so uh, our capacity kind of is, is 50 maximum um, but there's definitely a demand out there um, um, so, so yeah, the, the the funding need is 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 there. <laughs> now, the other the other thing that we haven't mentioned and certainly should have done that's your partnerships. You know, because uh, as well as people directly referring, like like Jess did, I think you you directly referred yourself, didn't you, into the project? Mm-hmm. Um, that, uh, but you also get you work in partnership with the Christchurch Council and others, don't you? Yes, uh, well, with a variety of people. So yeah, I'm I'm actually um, in a small group with BCP with the Domestic Abuse Office of BCP. Um, and actually one thing we've been working on is um, what's called a lived experience survey Um, so this is something that's come out of the new domestic abuse bill and it's the domestic abuse commissioner who's put this forward uh, that you know she's kind of looking at uh, lived experience what do people actually need how do they find services and again this is what helps what doesn't what helps what doesn't and this is for men and women I do appreciate that you know men are abused as well 
uh, we are obviously a charity just for women so um, I know there'll be listeners out there who'll, who'll who are men and I and I get that. Yeah, I do do totally get that. Um so but this lived experience survey is for everyone, men and women. So if you have ever suffered domestic abuse, we really, really would value uh you taking the time to do this survey. Um I posted it yesterday on our Facebook page. So if you just scroll down it's it's very near the top uh post. So please, please um you know just just go on that and and fill it in and of course abuse takes many forms doesn't it it's not just being knocked about isn't it it, no. it, it, it it can have many many faces can't it it can and i mean coercive abuse is something we've known about for a while uh, but it's really now put into to law with this new domestic abuse bill which is fantastic it's really recognized and i think that's in a sense physical abuse um it, you know it's kind of the obvious isn't it uh, but coercive it's so sort of insidious it's there all the time and you don't see it um, but it's 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 living in that awful fear all the time of knowing what could happen to you it could just be a look you know that the, mm-hmm. that the perpetrator gives you uh, it's a horrible place to sit and I know that Jess has experienced that herself um, yeah I mean then Jess, maybe we just t- come into you again. How long did it take you? You know, because I mean, obviously you, you you were suffering from 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 abuse. But what was the trigger that made you say that enough is enough? I um I think because when I had met my the girl's dad, um, we were living in Thailand, so the atmosphere was all a little bit different. Um, once we moved over to the UK, things started to change. Little things, um, maybe because of the stress of daily lives, being mm-hmm. newly married, going back to work, you know, um, but. W- little things started to add up, and I just wasn't feeling comfortable anymore, and it started to get you know physical and it started happening more and more in front of my children and it was getting to be their normal and I just knew right away that this is not what I wanted for them this is not you know what they deserved and it was really hard but it took me almost a whole year to gather the courage mm-hmm. and it's not uncommon is it for no. there to be to be that to be that delay for all sorts of reasons what what, what was it that held you back there was many things holding me back. I didn't really have my bank account set up. I wasn't working. All the money was under him. Um, our home was under his name, everything. And I would always get threatened with, oh, well, you won't be able to take them. They'll send you back to America. Or just little, you know, little things because they'll try anything to make you stay. So did or make you, you have British yourself. citizenship? No, I didn't. I didn't even have a national insurance number. So when I left, I literally took my girls and left. And I actually was homeless and was in a shelter for three months until I was given a national insurance number, until I gathered myself up, found a place to stay, you know, took all the baby steps again. But I was just thinking, in terms of lived experience, I mean, just your experience, Jess, I mean, that's such a and mind but it's it's a part of learning isn't it painful learning yes but uh, but have you been able to share that with other other women you know that are maybe at the beginning of the process that you've been through yeah i've I've definitely feel more comfortable like i said you couldn't get a word out of me (laughs) before and i wasn't confident talking about that i was embarrassed i but now i definitely feel stronger to you know tell my story i should say when's the book coming out yes <laughs> in for a, well, listen, radio book next. <laughs> no, no, but really, do you appreciate you sharing? Because I know that these things are really, really difficult. Mm-hmm. But I guess that the the p- 
when people do share, it, it helps people to say, look, I'm not the only one yeah. going yeah. through that. And you can feel as if you're the only one, can't you? Mm-hmm. you oh, definitely. You, you talked about shame as well. Yeah, I felt so isolated and I felt so horrible that this was the life that I brought my kids up into. You know, that wasn't me. And it just feels good to talk about it, even now talking about it and giving, you know, letting myself know that I do deserve this and mm. it is going to get better. And it, And I think it's important to say that, you know, it's across the board. It doesn't matter who you are, where you work, what you do. Abuse can happen to anybody. So, and and, and I hear what you're saying, Jess, about shame. And that's a common thing that we do here. But actually, you know, it can happen to absolutely anybody. Um, And sadly, it does take many years often for for someone Mm -hmm. to pluck up the courage to leave. Um, I can't remember exactly off the top of my head, but it depends what you read. But I think it's, you know, women can leave and men probably, you know, six or seven times before they actually that's leave good. yeah mm. um so that's yeah. common and when you know when you do introduce faith elements into it that can cause i mean it may surprise people to know that sadly there's as much abuse within you know, within the christian setting yeah well i guess within other religions as well but you know um, yeah. but I, but i guess you know that whole divorce issue mm. and it but but i would say that that you know personal safety and 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 happiness i mean god is not mm. um, meant for any of us to live in absolutely threat or fear or misery you know yeah absolutely god is love so god is not going to want you or your children to grow up in a place where there isn't love i mean mm. but, yeah. but in some people i had a good friend actually who uh, did go through a, a divorce and for a long time she thought that god had divorced her oh. and, I, and i i was able to share with her i said no no, uh, no. you know god is love and it takes mm. courage actually does. to do you know what you've done but but again that whole guilt thing yes you know can can stop you you know mm. i know jess you, you know you didn't have that, that that particular chance but there's all sorts of other things like that what what people think of me you know and yeah so all this sort of thing and whatever yeah but we're out of that now. <laughs> absolutely that, that <laughs> was there so folks if you're listening to this project the program today you know obviously these things are very very painful mm. there is and you will be feeling shame and guilt and all these sorts of things but don't let that don't let that stop you reaching out you're a you're you're a precious individual absolutely uh, and, uh, and all those wonderful gifts that you have yes. the smile on your face yes. uh yeah. you know those are the things that 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 you should be blossoming and you not being put down mm. uh or, or being the you know the the butt of somebody else's you know comments mm. and of course it doesn't necessarily have to be physical no. it, you know words i mean words yeah, can be emotional, very absolutely. cutting can't they and so on yeah yeah, yeah. this is hope fm now you've heard us talking of course about domestic abuse and the many challenges that can face particularly women and that we've made the point that these things happen to men as well but the thing that we want to emphasize is that you don't have to stay in a bad place you certainly don't have to stay without support and in both jess and liz's cases uh, they not only can talk their, about their own personal experience, but also about the many people who've been helped by the Water Lily Project and, of course, by other by other by other projects. But maybe starting with you, Liz. I mean, obviously, managing the Water Lily Project, you will see many many people like Jess, mm. uh, where the story has turned from one of great pain and distress mm. to one of of taking those steps towards freedom mm. uh, and hope. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, I've got 
loads of different ones I can tell you, but um, I suppose another one that really springs to my mind that was fairly recent um, is a woman that, that Megan was working with again, who, um, very sad story, um, she actually was born in London um, and by the age of 11 was prostituted out by her parents um, to, um, basically they were drug addicts and it was to help, you know, feed their, their the substance. Money. Yeah. Um, and uh, sadly, I think she was about 14 when she actually gave birth, you know, on the streets, on a cardboard box. I mean, you couldn't write this. It's just awful, terrible. Um, and, um, you know, she's been through foster system and all the rest of it. Uh, but the great news is she came to the Waterloo Project <laughs> and um, and Megan has found an amazing place. Um, I won't say where it is, but it's out of area, uh, which is residential where she can go um, and rebuild um, her life, which she's doing, and she's absolutely loving it. And there's there's land, and there's chickens, which she's always wanted. And apparently, she's named one of the chicken Megan. <laughs> <laughs> so so we have this lovely image of her calling Megan um, and throwing corn about. But um, but yeah, and she's just in a whole different place. And there's just such hope for her there, which is which is fabulous. Um, and I suppose another one that springs to mind, which was lovely, um, is is a woman who. Um, I had the privilege actually of supporting because it was early on when I first joined in, in sort of 2017 and um, I took her to an alpha at my church and she'd never ever heard of Jesus which for me is a phenomenal thing but they don't teach it in assembly anymore you don't really hear it uh, or hear the bible or you know and um and she just thought it was amazing and gave her life to the lord uh, she went on and did a, a foundation year at morelands um and she's now training to be a christian counselor um so that for me i mean just seeing that and what the lord's done in her life it, it's just it's just amazing. Um, so, so yeah, there, there's always hope. <laughs> and that's the thing to well, we're on to. Hope FM. And we're on Hope <laughs> FM. <laughs> we we want to sh- shout hope uh, because because that's the important thing, isn't it? That, that uh, you know, we all go through, all of us go through times of, of real pain and challenge, but the most important thing really is is what comes on the other side, side of yeah. that and the fact that you don't have to be alone no. uh, and and so on. And of course, Jess, you, you, know, you yourself have met people and I guess you've had many Yeah, especially along this journey. I've definitely met some women um, who have gone through so much, especially single parents. Mm-hmm. Um um, just with their kids and, you know, being in a dark spot with children is really tough because, you know, it's just, it's not just you. It's, a, um, yeah. yeah. And so it makes it that much tougher. Um, but so it's nice when I see them and I see them get back into, you know, back into their way out of the relationship because that's the hardest thing to do is to take that first step. And once you take that step, you can only go, you know, higher from there. Mm-hmm. So. And of course, all those things that you talked about, like no national insurance, and, yeah. the, and you're obviously still in the United Kingdom. Yeah, you know? I ended up getting my citizenship. Yeah. So, so all yeah. the things that maybe in your head were a big threat, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah, I guess if you made a list, you'd probably you'd probably blow your mind, wouldn't you? Yeah, I feel really, I feel really lucky to have had the support I had. I take my daughters on holidays now. I do things with them every, you know, we go to the fairy festival. We, it, it's just mm-hmm. nice because I was always told. That I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to do that, those things, and of course I could, you know. Yeah. 
So. Well, it's amazing, though, how we tend to focus and remember negatives, don't we? And uh, I don't know why that. Why do you think that is? It, is it something in our human nature? You know that it's always mm. tending to think the I can't rather than I can, yeah. or, or I'm never going to get out of this. And of course, sadly, people prey on that sometimes, don't they? Mm. Equally, there's many people who do the opposite and say, no, no. You can do it. <laughs> yes. You know, you don't need... But but, but it's, it seems to me that the negative voices and the negative thoughts are clearly the ones that dominate. Yeah, I think that's the thing with the mental health side of it, isn't it, though? That, that it does. It becomes the louder voice mm. in your head. Um, and, and, and that's very hard sometimes to turn around. Um, so, but yeah, that's why, you, you know instead of isolating and and sort of curling up into a ball which is what it makes you feel like doing uh, the the key really is to be around people um to talk it out talk it out with others uh, get that support that's really crucial try and fight that negative feeling um and make that first step um because that's that's really what you need and uh, people who will encourage you uh, and and you know build you up yeah. Now I'm hoping to get a couple of pieces of music in, you know, before the end uh, uh, of the program d- uh, today. Mm. And uh, yeah, we're back to your choice, uh, mm. uh, Liz. Now, and of, and of course, there's one particular piece of music, uh, the right place, uh, yes. any reader that that you've shared. I think you shared it during your was it during your baptism? It was during my baptism. So yeah, this is this has a special place in my heart. Um, I loved Eddie Reader anyway, um, but I used words from this particular song, Right Place, uh, when I wrote my testimony. So um, I only got baptised actually on the 1st of December 2013. I was looking it up. It's not that long ago when you think about it. <laughs> time um, flies. When time, you're enjoy- time does fly. Um, so, so I suppose my story in a nutshell, and I'll try not to, to make this too long, but um, I sort of suffered abuse from the opposite side. So my father was an alcoholic. Uh, so I grew up in an abusive um, family in that sense. Um, and um, But having said that, I my mum sent me to church and to uh, Christian camps. And I gave my life to the Lord when I was 11. And that was a very powerful moment and, you know, a real moment for me. Um, and I was on fire for the Lord, really, right up until I was about 18. And I think the combination of all what I was seeing at home and how my mum was dealing with it which wasn't great and um, you know just it made me very angry So was your mum somebody who was in it trapped herself? Totally trapped and you know it's interesting Blair because at the time as a teenager I all I felt was anger, anger to him anger to my mum for not getting out um, and putting up with it and you know um, just absolute anger Um, but now obviously I, I understand that you know he was very coercive and actually you know abusive in in other ways Um, so he he had complete control of her Um, and she was younger by about 11 years there's quite an age gap between Mm. my parents but um, but yeah so I just felt very angry and at 18 I just went off the rails uh, met someone who wasn't a Christian uh, did a lot of things I am not at all I'm just talked about shame but 
I've suffered terrible shame and guilt, have done massive things that I'm not proud of at all, um, relationships that I shouldn't have, you know, started really, um, got myself in quite a bad space and, and actually uh, in my early 20s uh, went down the new age path. So, so really I've sort of worn the t-shirt, seen the film, there's not a lot I don't know, sadly, um, about the new age. I was looking for something, searching um, and, and, and dabbled in a lot of things that, that I shouldn't have. Um, I ended up, I, I did a psychology degree, but then I ended up doing an acupuncture course, a degree for four years and met a lot of, um, well, let's just say interesting uh, characters <laughs> who took me off down paths that I probably shouldn't have gone down or definitely shouldn't have gone down. Um, and I wasn't in a good place at all, really. So um, it wasn't till I uh, was with my husband now, who's my second husband, uh, who I've been with for over 20 years, but... Um, it wasn't till I'd uh, been married to him for, for a number of years, actually, um, that I gave my life to the Lord again. Um, and that was actually because I, I nearly died on the operating table giving birth to my second son. But well, let's not go down that road too much. But another it was story. another story for another day. But it was pretty traumatic. And, um, you know, I was on the operating table for two and a half hours. It really was quite serious. Um, and I thought, you know what? I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what do I really believe I, I could I could die right here and I where am I going and and actually it was a fantastic wake-up call for me um, and that's what brought me back to the church back to the Lord um, and I ended up getting uh, baptized in 2013 so when I chose this song um, it's because it, it says it, one of the verses it says uh, five or ten lifetimes ago there lived a girl that you don't know she walked about and answered to my name because obviously I felt actually, I don't think I am the same person as I was five or ten years ago. At least I certainly hope not. Um, and that's the conviction of the Holy Spirit now in me. Um, and I know my husband has seen a, a change <laughs> from the sort of party clubbing girl. Um, you know, it, you know that's what the Holy Spirit does. It transforms you. Um, and so I just love this because, you know, it says, I've been in the wrong place. I've been in the wrong place long enough to know I'm in the right place now. And that's why I've chosen this song. <laughs> well, I couldn't think of a better introduction to any of the music that we've had so far. <laughs> so this is Eddie Reader. Thank you. Well, that's Eddie Reader there and uh, the right place, of course. And uh, Liz, of course, sharing something of, of her own ex story. And I guess it also uh, gives a pointer as to why you were attracted to work in a project like the Water Lily project? Mm. Well, it's amazing because I never knew I would end up here. Uh, it's all in God's incredible provision. And it just shows that, you know, the struggles and the things we go through actually um, are there as a learning tool, I think, really, so that you can build from that and grow from it and hopefully help others so um, yeah little did I ever know that I would be managing the Water Lily project I mean it's phenomenal so um, yeah and it's, it, it seems to me that in both your story and indeed that of Jess's mm. it, it the thing that encourages me is that, that yes we there's a bad place that people go through and awful experiences that no one would want. But actually, it's not the end of the story no. uh, because it, it leads actually to probably even greater levels of freedom. And I bet you, Jess, you never thought. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, but here you are, back to your buncy. Yeah. And, and even with aspirations, you know. Yeah. And of course, that will affect your kids as well. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. And, and of course you've or i mean that's your lived experience as well isn't it yeah absolutely absolutely it was my lived experience and i i've been in a dark place like jess and i never you know ever thought as i said that um i would be led here so there's always hope and um so yeah just really want to encourage those listening again uh please please pick up the phone you know get on your computer email so give, um, give those contact details yeah again. absolutely so the number's 01202 246763 and that's a 24 hour answer phone so do leave a message, leave message someone will there, yeah. get back to you um, or email support at waterlilyproject.org.uk um, and I suppose just to mention the EAT project one more time Empower Activate Train if you know of anyone or if you are someone listening who's either unemployed or economically inactive and uh, just really want you know a bit of training and help back onto uh, either um, education or um, em- employment uh, then please do get in contact uh, my email is manager at waterlilyproject.org.uk so do contact me I can tell you a bit more about it um, just want to plug the lived experience survey again Blair so uh, if you aren't any of those things but you have um, experienced domestic abuse um, please please do do that survey men and women because uh, with that feedback will really help uh, BCP in the way they, they support and help domestic abuse and domestic abuse services moving forward so that could be key to water lily um so so do please help um and and of course people just support you because there's many ways in which mean uh, uh, people churches and individual people have given yeah to make a to make your work possible basically oh absolutely and 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 i just have to do a massive thank you for we did a 1010 pledge last year for our 10th anniversary i think Blair you kindly had me on last year to to promote that and it was phenomenal I mean we went for a thousand pounds and I think we've hit the 1300 Uh, so we're going to keep going so if uh, if there's a business out there listening um, you know and you feel you can contribute we've been asking a hundred pounds donation from from local businesses um, or individuals I suppose um, towards the 1010 pledge that would be amazing Um, we're always looking for press supporters um you know uh, if you want to again email me and hook into our newsletter uh, i run quarterly prayer breakfasts at the cafe and and i, I really think prayer is so powerful um but you'll also hear some of the updates of the work so if you want to be involved in that then do email um there's volunteering obviously you've heard jess yeah. uh volunteering <laughs> at our cafe and we're always looking for helpers and and it doesn't have to be the cafe actually we you know i've got a, a gardener that comes and helps uh, it might be um some it helpers or or a bit of admin or or craft uh, you know maybe there's something you can run uh, for our women that you know that you would love to do that would be amazing well liz and jess thank you so much for being my special guest today don't forget guys uh, to make a, make a note of uh, of those numbers and contact details and pray for the work of water lily and the excellent work that they do this is hope fm